Hey there, I'm Natalie Abbott, and this is The Dwell Podcast. At Dwell, we help you memorize one Bible verse every month. On our weekly podcast, we talk about what our verse means, how it's challenging us, and about how the God of the universe wants to connect with us in our daily lives. Well, welcome back to The Dwell Podcast. It's your host, Natalie Abbott, and we are talking one last time with Terry Lee Cobble. We are talking about the verse from John 1, 14a that says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. It is such a good verse, and I hope that you have been dwelling on it all month and thinking about what does it mean that God the Son came and put on flesh for us, like to be with us. So, so good. So welcome back, Terry Lee. I'm happy to be here. Love it. And I love that we're talking about this verse. This is such a good verse. It is wow. so good. It so is so lady. good. I know. We could just, I mean, like I was just saying to her in between the episodes, I'm like, lady, there is so much here. I'm so glad that you are a experienced Bible teacher who can talk about the Trinity and the incarnation <laughs> with the right words. It is hard. Um, but but really, like in our last episode, we we just kind of fleshed out a little bit of, you know, what does this mean? Who is the word? Jesus became flesh, became a human, and made his dwelling among us, came to be with us. So how does that these concepts of of God coming to be with us encourage you, Tara Lee? First of all, I it's without it, I would have no savior. And so that mm. is super encouraging that he came to earth to die, to take on the penalty for my sins, um, and to live a righteous life that would be attributed to me. You know, I spent so much of my relationship with, with God, not understanding that I needed his life too, not just his death, because otherwise he could have come to earth and died and then like, you know, headed over in, in three days max and been done with it and not have to suffer temptation, not have to suffer the reproach of men, not have to suffer all those things that we needed, not just his death, we needed his life. And so not only do I have a savior who paid the penalty for my sins, but I had someone who lived a righteous life that was attributed to me. And I think the temptation is to look at that as a model for how we should live. And yes, it is, but it's so much more than that. It's not just a model for how we should live. It is the perfect righteousness of Christ that was granted to us, which means that time I fail at being like Jesus would be and speaking like Jesus would speak and loving like Jesus would love. Every time I fail at that, which is multiple times a day, his life has been attributed to me regardless. So it takes the pressure off me of having to feel like I've got to earn my salvation because that's impossible. Right. That's a burden around my shoulders that I cannot bear. It is a huge burden. That is how it encourages. And then also another, th- another aspect of this that encourages me, he gets me. He knows what it's like to be me. You know, I don't have a savior who doesn't get it. Yeah, I love the passage. I think it's in Hebrews that talks about how he was the great high priest who, you know, like mm-hmm. can he can identify with us. Yep. Yeah. And just that idea that he can like, you know, like he, if you think about how God come to earth, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. theoretically, if none of this ever happened and we're like, if there were a God and if he came to earth, what would he be like? Yeah, he would really look down his noses at all of us because we're getting it so wrong, right? you know. Um, he would, uh, and I think that's that's why that verse in Hebrews is so encouraging. It's like he is compassionate with us in our weakness. Mm. He is patient with us. You know, I mean, like one of the things God says over and over when He's 
telling his people who he is, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands of generations, like, mm. but who does not leave the guilty unpunished, but he saves that for the end after he's told you all the things that are amazing <laughs> about himself. And it's right. like, you know, those ingredients lists where with our ingredients list, we have to have like the most prominent ingredient listed first. And then like, mm -hmm. as you get further down the list and he wants us to know right out of the bat, like the stuff I'm built of is grace and mercy and love. And yes, when we love something, we have to punish what hurts it. We love mm. the things that threaten the things we love. And right. so God's wrath, God's punishing sin is not some ugly thing that we tolerate because he's got all these nice qualities. Like it is a part of who he mm. is. Mm -hmm. And so if God were to come to earth, you know, like he did as Jesus, we see that he does have some harsh words for people who are like against the things that he loves, mm -hmm. people that are threatening the things that he loves. He has some harsh words for them, even Jesus. Mm -hmm. And yet he is so compassionate toward, toward people who like know that they don't have it all together. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's like our one main ingredient that we need is, Hey, I, I, I don't have this. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I am. Yeah. I am not a boss lady. I do not have it all figured out. Right. I need your help. Oh, man. You know, in the Sermon on the Mount, um, when he's doing the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Poor in spirit is spiritual poverty to recognize that you are spiritually bankrupt. Hmm. That's what he's telling. He's like, recognize your spiritual poverty. That's the way to the kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we spend so much of our lives trying to like bolster ourselves. Like I've got, I've checked all these boxes. I've done all these things right. And he's like, mm -mm. you're missing square one. Like square one is spirit. I have nothing to offer. That's, that's the way to the kingdom. I have nothing to offer. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, Paul's like, Hey, I wrote so much of the new Testament, but of all the sinful people, I'm the worst. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know what I love about Paul in that? And we're getting way off this John verse, but yeah. man, I'm loving this conversation. Um, if you read the letters of Paul sort of as chronologically as we can understand them to be, he starts out by being like, Paul, an apostle, and then Paul, the least of the apostles, and then Paul, the chief of <laughs> sinners, like trajectory of humility in, right. his, in his walk with the Lord. And I love that. That is really just, you know, I've never the heard that before. I, I yeah. love that too. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah, it is. You just like the more you walk with Jesus, the more you're like, yeah, I need a lot more help than I yeah. thought I needed. I'm and never going to so arrive. Oh man. And it's so good. You know, Jesus said, she who is forgiven much loves much. And so mm. the more we recognize our own spiritual bankruptcy, mm. the more we fall in love with him because the more we see how generous and loving and patient and beautiful he is and mm. his gift, we esteem it so much higher mm. when we recognize the depravity of our own hearts. Mm. So good. Okay, mm -hmm. Terry Lee, we got to get back on track here. What are we <laughs> right. talking about? We're not taking a tour of the New Testament today in these 15 minutes. Let's do it. I mean, you are the Bible recap lady, so I should have known that you were going to mm -hmm. take us through the whole Bible and not just one <laughs> yeah, person. You were going to do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So thinking about the incarnation and how does it encourage us, how does it challenge you? Like, mm -hmm. how does the idea that that the God of the universe would would come down, that he would humble himself to be with us, how does that challenge you in your own life? If that's what God has done for you, mm -hmm. what does that make you feel like you, you like, oh shoot, I should be 
this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's interesting because I think that the first layer is like, oh, I need to be more like him. And yes, absolutely. But what that can quickly become is this self-focused mm. moralism mm -hmm. where I am trying to be Jesus to the world, but get, there's already only one Jesus and he has been Jesus to the world. And so um, it can, I think the challenge for me is to uh, trust that his work is finished, that he is sufficient, that I can do nothing to earn God's favor because God's favor has already been granted to me infinitely in the person and work of Christ. And mm -hmm. so the challenge for me is to not see his life as a checklist that I have to finish because I think that's in all of us. We want to earn something. It is uh, insulting to us that something would be granted to us and that we wouldn't be deserving of it. That's insulting. Let me show you how good I am. Let me show you what I can do. Let me impress God so he'll he'll um, be pleased with me. And um, let me do all these things so that he'll give me what I want. You know, I lived much of my Christian life like that. Like if mm. I do these things, then God will give me what I want. Mm. And so I think the challenge for me with Jesus becoming flesh is to trust that his work is finished. Yeah, that is a hardcore challenge, lady. <laughs> That is a lot harder than I thought what you were going to say. <laughs> I'm like, oh, maybe I should be challenged in that way. I don't think about it that I I look at it and I'm like, man, if Jesus, you know, was incarnational mm -hmm. in his his relationship with me, mm -hmm. it challenges the way that I relate with other people. You know, mm -hmm. like, oh, oh but, absolutely. It does. It certainly does. You're you're 100 percent right. But I think you're right, though. Like, am I? one of the foolish Galatians who you started off with faith and grace, and now you're trying to earn it with good works. Like, Ooh, yeah. Am I, is my motivation right in, in yeah. those thing in that thinking? Is it, is it that I would reflect Jesus maybe, but not earn it? It's that tension of like, um, like I, I tell parents a lot of times, don't just tell your kids what God wants them to do. Like that is important, but show them who God is. When you they read scripture, don't just point them to the verses about obedience because like I would not want to obey a God I didn't love. If I did not love him, Natalie, I would do whatever I wanted. Yeah. And it makes me resent that I have to obey someone that I don't love. Like I resent that person. And, yeah, I and you're looking for every possible way to get out of that. Exactly. Or hide it or. Exactly. And mm. so I think um, falling in love with Jesus is step one to looking like Jesus to the world around us, to, to mm. treating our neighbors and our, our enemies and our loved ones and just all the people around us with the same compassion that he showed. Uh, mm. th those are things that happen when we fall in love with him and we see that he's beautiful and we become like him. And, um, but if we, if we don't fall in love with him first, we will twist his words. We will try to find loopholes. We will do whatever we can and we mm -hmm. will do it in a self-serving manner, mm -hmm. which negates all of the love that we're trying to show because we're really just trying to love ourselves. And which is really hard to not do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's yeah. like a daily, it's a daily thing. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely is giving, giving over our, our self-love for the love yeah. of Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, so thinking about this idea of, um, what Jesus has done for us, that he's, he's given up so much to be with us, right? He stepped down from the throne of glory to show us his glory. 
um, to be with us, to reveal the Father to us. Um, if that's what he did, how does that both like make elevate you in a sense of like, wow, he did that for me. And yet also, how does that humble you? Yeah. It's that tension again that we just talked about of Mm -hmm. recognizing the great outgoing love of God that came down to pursue us, to Mm -hmm. rescue us from ourselves, to adopt us into his family. My goodness, that is love. That demonstrates love to us. But at the same time, it's humbling because as we truly look at ourselves, we recognize that we did nothing to earn or deserve that love. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'll say it again, that she who is forgiven much loves much. One of the ways that I have come to fall in love with the Lord all the more, it sounds counterintuitive, it's by confessing my sin. Mm. Um, and I did not grow up in a tradition that practiced that regularly. Um, and I am now a, a part of a community of believers. Like I have a, a D group, one of the, you know, the Bible study that I lead every week. One of the practices that we have is you meet with a prayer partner during your during our study every week, you and one other person, and you meet with the same person throughout the study. So you build a relationship with them, but you're challenged to confess a sin to them every week, just mm-hmm. something that God is pressing on your heart about. And that practice, you know, when you start out, a lot of times you're like, I'm sure I did something this week. I'm sure there was something that I really, you know, <laughs> and you're like, what was it, God? Where, where was my one mess up this week? Got to have something to share, you know, mm-hmm. and then the further you get into it, you, you drill down, not just from action, but like to motive. Mm. And, um, and when you drill down to motive and heart motive, like that is so humbling. And then you confess it and you know that you've been forgiven and your debt has been paid. Mm. And that humility drives you. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And yeah. so that grace, it, it we draw near to him as he draws near to us. And so this idea that Jesus wants to be with us, super humbling, super elevating all at once. It's both and. Yeah. So good. Oh, thank you for like helping us um, just pull it all out. Yeah, I just feel like there's there's just so much in there and it's so just like the, layers. you just keep pulling more out for us. Yeah. Um, so for somebody who's maybe interacting with this idea for the first time, mm-hmm. you know, if I were them, I would be like, but why? Mm-hmm. But why? Like this idea that Jesus would come and dwell with us is mm-hmm. like, why would he do that? Mm-hmm. So first of all, he, he made us. Um, John, the the chapter, the John one, the chapter that this comes from, talks about how he he created us. He was in the beginning with he he created everything that has been created. And Colossians one echoes that idea mm-hmm. of Jesus being the creator. He did the manual labor of creation, and before his name was Jesus, before he came to earth as a human named Jesus, he has always existed as God the Son. He's always mm-hmm. been God the Son from eternity past, and so. Um, he made us and there's a special affection a lot of times for the things that we've created. And so I believe that, that Jesus has this really special affection for earth and mankind and um, all the, the galaxies and everything that he made. And uh, when, when God began this love story with us and began to pursue us, like the fact listener who has that, this hypothetical question out there, I believe that you're listening to this podcast right now because he pursued you to this very point. I believe he is Mm. after your heart. I believe he is after you. That the reason you're listening to this is because he wants you to know that he loves you. And maybe everything in your life is tempting you to forget that right now. But I want you to know that I believe that in his sovereignty, he brought you here today to remind you of his great love. 
and you know in your heart that you need rescue. You know in your heart you don't have what it takes. You can't get it together. You have tried and failed and tried and failed. And he says, not only is there a better way, but I am the better way. And I have done all that has been required of you by God the Father. Come into relationship with me. That's the love that is pursuing you right now in your ears. Yes. Amen. <laughs> oh, I Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So if you're listening right now and that's you, wouldn't you just love that? Wouldn't you just love that that this were all true, right? Like, I, I mean, I, I there was a time in my life when I believe any of this, and it was like, no way that can't even possibly be real. Like, why would God do that? Why would God overpay, you know, infinitely for mm -hmm. me? Um, and yet, if it is true, like, whoa, how amazing is that? And so I would challenge you, if that's who you are, and even if that's not who you are, even if you're at a place where you you know these things and you believe these things, like in our in our last episode with Tara Lee, if you listen to it, we talked about just falling in love with God through his word, spending time in it. And and man, if you're looking for a way to do that every single mm. day, this lady has got the things for you. <laughs> she has helped us as non-Bible people or as Bible people, either way, she is, an, is a very well-trained, excellent teacher who makes God's mm -hmm. word very accessible. So I would challenge you, listener, listeners, um, to go and look at her stuff, listen to the Bible mm -hmm. recap, get into the Bible with Tara Lee. She is a great, like if you're, if this is resonating with you at all, she mm -hmm. is a great place to start, or she is a great place for you if you have been in it for 50 years. Like, she has got the tools for you. She has a book. She has a journal, uh, the Bible recap. You can go and listen to it every day. And um, gosh, I wish we could talk more about the incarnational uh, way of Jesus and how he interacts with us. But if that's something that you're excited about and this is just piquing your interest, this is a great way to find out more. So thank you so much, Tara Lee. Thanks for having me. I hope some of your people will come read the Bible with me. I love, I love watching people grasp concepts that have seemed beyond them because you can get them. You really can. Yeah. And I just appreciate how, how relatable everything that you've said, there is, there is not a word that you said that I was like, I don't understand that. You know? <laughs> you, this yeah. is deep theology mm -hmm. on normal talk level. And yep. I, I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I, I know because my husband's a pastor and I have read some of his theology books. I'm like, I don't even know what that <laughs> word means. <laughs> I didn't Same. go to seminary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but those words are just like uh, shorthand, I think. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that you're not using the shorthand and the words that we have trouble understanding, but instead you're, you're communicating in the ways that we can understand as normal old Bible readers. So I appreciate it. And thank you so much, Tara Lee, for joining us. Thanks for having me, Natalie. Yep. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Dwell Podcast. You can find out more about us at Dwell Differently on Instagram, Facebook, and at dwelldifferently.com online. We help people connect with God through scripture memory, daily posts, a weekly blog, and of course, this podcast.